Good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? Welcome to church. Welcome inside. Here we are. Um, uh, almost at the end of April. It's hard to imagine. This year's is going by so fast, but it's so great to worship this morning. We're going to have a great uh, music and, and word and uh, looking forward to worshiping. Folks, just let your spirit fly as we go. We're going to start with a really good song called This Is Amazing Grace. What you've done for me. All right, come on now. Let's take it back to the top. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Who love is mighty, so much stronger. The King of glory, the King above all kings. Oh, yeah, come on. Who shakes the whole world with holy thunder? breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all kings come on tell me now this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that's right that you would take my place and you would bear the Set free. Oh, 
Yes, I say, that's what you've done for me. That's what he's done for you. That's what he's done for me. He's so worthy. He is so worthy. Oh, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Now, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy. This is amazing. That's what you've done for me. Oh, now. Oh, what you've done for me. Oh, Jesus, what you've done for me. Oh, all you've done for me. Oh, that's all you've done for me. This is the day that the Lord hath made, right? This is the day that we worship the Lord. I'm so looking forward to Terry's message. She has, she has it. Ah. This is a song that she brought to me. with me now. He's working here, isn't he? I worship you. You are here moving in our midst. I worship 
rescue the light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are my way maker miracle worker promise keep the light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are here touching every heart let it touch your heart now I worship you. Why I worship you. You are here healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. Oh, you are, you are my way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. The light and the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are my way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Okay, guys, here we go. You are here. Turning lives around. That's right. I worship you. Turn my life around. I worship you. Thank you, Jesus. You are here, mending every heart. I worship you. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. You are my way maker, miracle worker, promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are my way maker miracle worker promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are even though even though i don't see you working even though I don't feel that you're working, oh no. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, sing with me now. You never stop working, even though, even though I don't see that you're working. Even though I don't feel, I don't feel you working. You never stop, you never stop working. Never stop, never stop working, even though I don't see that you're working. Even though I don't feel, I don't feel you working. Never stop, never stop working. Never stop, never stop working. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Oh, that is who you are. That is who you are. 
that is who you are. Oh, that is who you are. Oh, be the miracle worker for us now. Oh, promise keep. Oh, oh, promise keep. Light in the darkness. Oh, God, is that who you are? Oh, you are my way darkness, my God, that is who you are, oh, that is who you are, that is who you are, that is who you are, oh, that is who you are, that is who you are, oh, my may maker, you're my promise keeper, you never stop working, oh, never stop working, that is who you are, that is who you are, that is who you Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. How many of you need the way maker to come through for you? Believing God that his promises are true. Yes, they are. No matter what it looks like, he's working for our good. He's working behind the scenes. Even though you don't see, he's working. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. He hasn't forgotten you. His hand is not too short that he can't deliver. He is a God that moves in our behalf because he loves us. Amen? Well, it's good to see everyone inside the church. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we got delivered. It was fun outside, but it's even better inside. And uh, to feel the anointing and the presence of God, thank you, Ron, and everyone that uh, helped out with the, uh, with the music. It, it's good to have music that soothes your soul, that, that gives you hope and gives you encouragement with the words that we're speaking and singing out to the Lord. Amen. So we want to welcome you, and anyone that's here for the first time, if you just raise your hand, we're going to give you a little gift, and uh, we have a lady that hasn't been here for a long time, so we're going to call her a first-time visitor. So if you'd raise your hand, and Pam uh, is going to give you a gift. If you would fill out the card that's in there and put it uh, in the offering receptacle uh, before you leave, yes, that yellow card, praise God. We'll make a record of your visit, and we'll let you know the things that are happening. I see the kids are out there having fun, the youth as well, playing dizzy sports. That They spin around, and then they try to hit a baseball, and it's kind of comical. And uh, Marianne's got them uh, shooting basketballs, all kinds of fun stuff for the kids. But we believe here at New Heart, according to Ezekiel 36, verse 26, that God will give us a new heart. It, you know, we might have a tired, broken, or, or hurt heart. But God says, I'm going to give you a new heart. Amen? So when you come here today, we believe that the word, the music, and the fellowship will renew your heart and give you a new heart to serve him. Amen? A couple of praise reports. Rudy Hermosillo is doing well. He's off the ventilator, off the oxygen, and eating on his own. Amen? They moved him from one area to a less uh, restrictive area, so he's progressing and moving and going to be out 
hopefully sooner than he thinks because he wants to come back and fellowship. He asks how we're doing, how I'm doing. We said, we're fine, we're good, we're waiting for you. Praise the Lord. And then my son just recently, last week, passed his pastoral licensing interview. So he's been moved on as well to be approved by the board, and we'll have a, uh, a ceremony this summer. Maybe Terry will be around to uh, do something. <laughs> Bless him in the name of the Lord. Praise God. So as I said, the new toddler class uh, this week is who God says I am. They've got to know right away who God says they are, that they belong to him at a young age so that they have no doubts, and when they grow up and things don't go right, they can say, I know who I am. I belong to the Lord. Amen? And the Bible says he knows those that are his. Isn't that nice to know that he knew you even before the foundation of the world? He, when he, before he said, let there be light, he said, let there be Terry. Uh-huh. Let there be Charles. Uh-huh. I'm going to put them together. They're going to live together. And then they're going to go up to a heavenly mansion. Amen. It's already planned out. Glory to God. Amen. And the, Marianne's teaching the kids on obey your parents. Oh, my, my, my. And, and that was the fifth commandment that God wrote on a tablet. Obey or honor your father and your mother so it will be well with you and you'll have a long life. I took that to heart and I obeyed my parents. Well, when, when I got saved, I did. When I wasn't saved, I pretended like I obeyed them. But then when I left the house, I did whatever I wanted to. But, you know, uh, God had to bring me back to honor my father and my mother. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So uh, the youth are also getting packaged snack drinks as well as the children. They like to have snacks, you know. They come to church, you know. We're hungry. We didn't have breakfast. Can you give me some snacks? So we asked uh, Cecilia, what, what, what do the kids like? And so we got their special things. And uh, on Mother's Day coming up, hallelujah, Mother's Day, we get to celebrate and honor our mothers. Marianne's going to be speaking on reconceptualizing your life. What does that mean? That means look at things from a different perspective, from God's perspective, having positive thoughts about what's happening, not thinking about how you, people have hurt you or disappointed you, but thinking the best of someone. Amen? Thinking the best of someone. And then also Janice Davis is going to be here to sing. I don't know if this room can hold her or not. We might have to t- open up the windows and the doors because <laughs> she really knows how to blast it. So anyway, put your earplugs in and we'll... We'll enjoy her, and we will have a complimentary gift for the moms. Uh, Charles's lesson today is, uh, for the youth, is treat others with respect. Then that, that, that's a lost art now, isn't it? We think we can just shoo people off and everything, but no, you're, you're supposed to treat each other with respect. And then on Tuesday, we're having prayer, powerful prayer here on, in the sanctuary on Tuesdays from 1230 to 130. It's important to know how to pray. So we're going to talk about the seven different kinds of prayer. So you use the right prayer for the right situation and to get, uh, you know, deliverance and get, be effectual in praying for uh, the things that you're praying for. And then, of course, uh, tithes and offerings, we have a box back there. We don't want to intermingle with each other, so we have that there. And, you know, tithes and offerings are a good thing, a good way to show God that you believe in him, believe in his his provision for us. We acknowledge him that he's the one that's given us uh, prosperity. He says, um, somewhere, <laughs> it says, it is he that give us power to get wealth, ability. You know, I look at back at my life and I go, I, it wasn't because of my smarts. It wasn't because of my, my great uh, thinking or anything other than just trusting in the Lord and believing that he was going to make things work out 
for my good. So when you acknowledge him, he acknowledges you. Amen? So uh, you can pick up an uh, offering envelope in the back, or you can give online at newheartforyou.com slash give online, or mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard in Covina, California. Amen? Let me just pray over you. I just feel like I, I want to pray that you would receive everything that Terry has to say today and that it'll, it'll, it'll uh, register in your hearts that you'll receive it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for the word that's going to go forth right now. I thank you that, Lord, it'll minister to those that hear and that they'll be different, they'll be changed, and they'll be rejuvenized, rejuvenated to do those things that you've called them to do. And so we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Ron's going to lead us in a song right now. Let's go to the Lord as we give you this presentation of this song called The Voice of Truth. would do to have the kind of faith to kind of in into the crashing waves step into the comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is holding out his hand and the waves are calling out his name and he laughed at me waves came telling me time and time again You'll never win. You'll never win. And the voice of truth tells a different story. The voice of truth said, Do not be afraid. The voice of truth, this is for my glory. Out of all the voice calling out to me. I will choose and listen to believe the voice of truth. Hey, let's do that first verse again. Oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith to climb into that boat I'm in. Into the crashing waves, steep into my comfort zone out of the realm of the unknown where Jesus is holding out his hand but the waves are calling out my name and laughing me reminding me of times I've tried time before I fail the waves keep telling me time and time again you will never win you never win and the voice of truth tells a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. The voice of truth, it calls out for my glory. Out of the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. 
Put the giant in the ground. The waves don't seem too high. The top to look on down. I will soar on the wings of evil and I'll stop and listen to the sound of Jesus singing over me. Come on, get up now. The voice of truth tells a different story. The voice of truth. He says, Now, do not be afraid. The voice of truth, this is for my glory. Oh, I choose, I'm calling out to me. I will choose and listen and believe the voice of truth. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Ron. Hallelujah. Bless the people, darling. Bless the people. Amen. I'll do that. Well, I don't know about y'all, 
But this is the first time that I have been in an indoor church service in more than a year. So I just have to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, you brought us full circle. Hallelujah. Back to your house. I know y'all ain't excited. It's no big deal. You'd rather watch them in your pajamas. Okay. But I am excited. I am excited. I'm excited. Anybody excited but me besides me? If you're excited, would you just stand to your feet and give the Lord a praise offering? Just a clap. If you're not, if it does, if it's no big deal to you, I understand. But I am excited. I was glad when they said, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I was glad. And if you're not glad, hallelujah, if you're not glad that you're not on a ventilator, if you're not glad that you're too weak or sick, to, if you're not glad, hallelujah, that God let you live through this, hallelujah, Shame on you, because I'm glad, glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. You may say, well, that's enough. That's enough emotionalism. Well, guess what? I don't need no rocks crying out for me, okay? I'm going to praise him. You can be seated if you can. Hallelujah. I need some Baptist people in here right now to just do a little dance. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. I'm just so excited I can hardly preach right now. You don't know how excited I am. Hallelujah. I am just glad, Pastor Chuck. I'm glad that we made it through. I'm glad, Pastor Chuck, that you made it through. Hallelujah. Really some challenges in the last couple of years. Hallelujah. But God, but God, but God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm just excited right now. Hallelujah. Hey, Ron, thank you for that good worship. You guys, awesome. You new brothers, hallelujah. Awesome. Okay, now that I've been nice and pleasant and all that, now it's time to get down to business because I want to talk about the cost of the cross. We have just uh, completed the celebration of the death, the suffering death, burial and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, and looking toward the Pentecost, the day when the Holy Spirit fell among uh, God's people in the upper room. Amen. I want to just get, please take, make sure your phones are off. Okay, just put them on the off. Thank you very much. But I want to go to, um, I know this is post-resurrection, but I want to go to pre-resurrection uh, as I talk about the cross this morning because I want, a lot of us have had uh, a cross to bear this year that we didn't know we were going to have to bear. Can I get an amen on Anybody have a cross that they had to bear? Amen. All right. Well, Father, it's in the name of Jesus Ooh. that we come before your throne of grace. Lord, we travel up, Lord, the staircase that leads from earth to heavenly places. 
We walk across the sea of glass, Father. And as we're walking, we can hear the angels crying, holy, holy, holy. Lord, we walk to your throne and we bow down, Father. Mm. And we touch the hem of your garment. And we cry out, Lord, speak, Lord, speak. I need something in my life today. Lord, speak, Lord, speak into this situation with my family. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, in this situation with my health. Lord, with, I don't know what's going on. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, and lift someone out of their depression, Father, their confusion, Father. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. And lift someone out of their anger, Father, out of a disruptive family situation, Father. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, speak, Lord to whatever the need is here today. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, speak. And we will be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Lord, right now, I pray that the words, Lord, that are written here in your text would be fired on the wings of the Holy Spirit and find a permanent dwelling place in the hearts of every hearer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I want to take you on a journey back before the cross, Jesus has gathered unto himself 12 disciples, and he has indeed discipled them. By this I mean that he has prepared them for ministry, whatever that looks like. They have put down their fishing nets and their jobs as tax collectors and all of their other occupations and now they have come to a place in their discipling under the Lord Jesus Christ where they are ready to be um, sent into ministry. And it's an exciting time for them. But I want you to understand that as they are being released into ministry, that their perception of what that's going to look like may be different from what Jesus is sending them into. Matthew, go with me to Matthew uh, um, uh, 10 and 1. Hallelujah. And this will get you going. In Matthew 10 and 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He calls his 12 disciples to them, and he gives them now authority. That means power. That means, hey, you can't operate here. Authority over every unclear, unclean spirit, over sickness, over disease. How would you like to have authority over sickness? How? Would you like to have authority over unclean spirits, spirits of alcoholism and drug addiction and just fighting and friction and things that would spring up and all of a sudden you stand up in authority and say, stop, right here, right now. So you imagine how the, how the, how the, the, the disciples felt when they could see, well, not only, see, you got to see, when Jesus speaks, Jesus is a living word. So when he says, I give you authority, something is transferred from him into them. And so they're like, da-da, 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 da-da. 
I'm the man now. I got authority. You better watch out, devil. I'm coming for you. What, what, wouldn't that be your attitude if all of a sudden Jesus, his word, which is life, which is power, which is living, which is like a ray of electricity coming from him to him. You can see it, that, that red ray, bam, you got it now. That's how it was then. So now I've got authority. Now watch this. So that, that, that's, that's 10 and 1. But then there is a lot going on between Matthew 10 and 1 and Matthew 10, 37. He says this. He says, if anyone loves their father or mother more than they love me, they are not worthy of me. And if anyone loves their sons or their daughters more than me, they're not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will find it. I've given you authority. I've given you the power to heal the sick. But let, 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 let me give you another interpretation uh, uh, of this particular scripture. Uh, Matthew uh, 16, 24, because he repeats it. He says it in Matthew 10, 37, but I'm, I'm going to give you a clearer version because he said, makes this statement more than once. Matthew 16, 24, he says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, not the world, to his 12 disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Say deny with me. Deny, deny mother, father, sister, brother. Whatever you got going on, must deny yourself. I have to be first. They must deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose, and whoever wants to lose their life, uh, uh, life for me will find it again. Amen. Same scripture. It's almost like he is reiterating to them. This is the price, this is the exchange for the power and authority that you want. This is what it's going to take to get to that. Now, watch this. He doesn't say, if anyone come after me, you must take up my cross. Because what did his cross look like? It was terrible. It was suffering. It was abuse. It was being spit on. It was being cursed. It was being beaten. It was being nails driven in his hands. It was hung up. He said, no, that's not your cross. That's my cross. Look what the scripture says. He says, if any man comes after me, you must take up your cross. They must take up their cross. Whatever that cross that comes up in their life, that's a difficulty, that's a challenge, that crucifies their heart. He said, that, now, now, let me tell you, let me warn you right now, in case you haven't been living long enough to find out, everybody's got a cross. No, that's right. You're going you're gonna to find yourself in a crossroad, okay? <laughs> in a cross sooner or later. But you can be on that cross and choose not to follow Christ with your cross situation. He says, if any man will come after me, 
and desires to be my disciple, he must deny himself. Oh, help me, Lord. Take up their cross, their situation, and it's not enough for you to just pick up what you're dealing with because you've got to carry it anyway. But are you going to follow him with what you have to carry? That's the challenge that he's, he's, he's presenting. Not that you have to take up the cross because you've got a cross. That's, that's life. But are you going to follow me with your cross? Okay, I'm getting personal. I'm getting personal. I know this is not your family. I'm just talking about my family. My family is a menagerie of all kinds of events. I call them the wide swinging pendulum. You've got people in my family that are so good, you would not believe it. Young people, I have one at Stanford, one at Brown University, one, one just graduated from Berkeley, okay? We're having dinner one night on the other side of the family, and we start blessing the food. I don't believe in Jesus anymore. I only believe, I, I, I worship Allah. I said, when did that happen? Well, I'm not going to pray with you because I'm worshiping Allah. And uh, two years later, and it wasn't even two years, was it, Charles? Somebody put a bullet in him and killed him. Wide swinging pendulum. Celebrating this group mourning over here. Yeah, I know y'all don't know about that. Do you know about autism in a family? When you thought all the children were going to be just fine, and suddenly one of them is not developing correctly? Do you know about one of them that went away and came back and said, I want a sex change operation? Do you know about that? What what does your cross look like? Whose name is written on the cross? You know, on Jesus' cross it says, King of the Jews. What's the name on your cross? Is it drug addiction in your family? Is it alcoholism? Is it homeless and don't know where they're going to stay? You don't even know. Missing? You don't know where they are? Someone who is confused? Someone you don't know if they're going to commit suicide or not? Family business. We may have to destroy this tape. I don't know. If we don't do what she says, she says that she's going to commit suicide. Okay, but what does God say? You have to do this God's way. Oh, we can't do it, God. We have to we have to follow the therapist. I said, where's the therapist gonna be when you are dealing with this nonsense? But we have to do what they say. Jesus said, you know what? The world is always going to give you an option. The world is going to always try to give you an alternative to putting me first, my word first. And that's the challenge. That's the challenge of the believer. Who do you believe? 
There was a, there was a, in the Bible, there's a story in Luke about a little boy and, uh, who had epilepsy. And the father brings the little boy, you, you know the story, I don't have to turn to it. He brings him to the disciples, the disciples, they can't cast this demon out. So he comes to Jesus and the father says to Jesus, he says, Lord, if, you, if, if there's something that you can do, Jesus say, if, go read this, if I can, and, and, and the father says, oh, my bad, my bad, I don't mean if, I mean, I believe you, Lord. Help my, help my, see, that's the issue. We say we believe, but there's so much unbelief in us. Because the world tells us if you don't do this, that's going to happen. If you don't do it that way, this is going to happen. Oh, God can't do this. We can't help you. If you want help, you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. You can't believe God for something that big. It's not going to happen that way. Let me get back to the text. He says to his disciples, Matthew 10, 1, back to that. He called his 12 disciples and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal diseases and sicknesses. Now, don't you know that when Jesus and his disciples were walking in that kind of authority and power, that the crowds were beginning to gather. Oh, man, they would go to town. It would be so many people coming to see miracles that he would have to get on a boat and go preach from a lake. His disciples would show up in town. Matthew, Mark, Luke, with John would show up. And, oh, man, the boys are here. We're going we're gonna to get the bring your sick. People on the tearing up the roof, dropping people down. All kinds of swag is going on. And so there were people everywhere. And Jesus decides that he's going to thin the crowd. Because there's a scripture in Mark uh, uh, 7, 6, it says, with their lips they praise me, but their hearts are far from me. So his job is to thin the crowd, to separate, I want you to, want you to write this down, to separate the Christ followers, here we go, from the churchgoers. His job, his calling was to separate the churchgoers from the Christ followers. Yeah. Did you know that everybody that sits in church is not a Christ follower? Amen. Because Jesus says, if you come after me, I got to come in front of your husband, your wife, your mother, your father. He says, because if you, if you try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. What does that mean? Oh, let me back up. Lord, help me. He says, anyone that comes after me must deny himself, take up their cross, and follow me. Not the world. Follow me with what you're dealing with. He says, because anyone seeks to keep his life is going to lose it. And anyone that loses his life for my sake will find it. What does that mean? It means that we have decided 
on our own lifestyle. The things that make up the components of our life. And Jesus is saying, if you are not willing to do life the, according to my word, if you're, not content, if you're not willing to do this life, in the end, you're going to be the loser. I'm telling you straight up. If you decide you're going to do life, if you're going to, Hosanna, worship, blessed be the Lord, let the God of my exalted be together. And then leave this sanctuary and go, get down, get down, yeah, get down, get down, yeah. You're one thing here and one thing there. He says, if your life, if your life is not this life, you're going to lose in the end. He says, but if you decide to say, God, show me what you have for my life. I want to live the life that you brought me forth from my mother's womb to live. I want to live that life. I want to live the calling, the plan, the purpose that you have for me. That, I want to live the life of your word. He says, if you decide that you're going to lose your agenda for his agenda, he says, you're going to find real life. Real life. One of the greatest challenges that Charles and I have as parents and as grandparents and as Uncle Charles and Auntie Terry and Mommy T as they come. One of the greatest challenges that we have is to live a steady example that when all these family issues come up, they will find us steady in the word. What is God saying? What would Jesus do? Are you going to do this God's way or... You're going to do your taxes your way. Come on, everything is a decision. Everything in your your life is a decision. Because how you do those little things, the grocery item that got put in your line and he missed it, but it ended up in your basket, and you're not going to say nothing because, you know, hey, that's a $10 steak. You know, why should I say anything? When you start making those little decisions, and say, they may not see, but I know God sees. Yeah. Hey, miss, you missed this. You know, here, here's a stake that didn't get paid for. Right. When you decide in those little places, I'm doing life God's way. Yeah. Then when it comes to the cross situations, the things that you have to carry, that's when it gets even harder and say, wait a minute. Do you still trust God, even though this looks like it's impossible to fix? It's impossible to change. I'm still going to do your word, Father. This cross is big. This cross is heavy. I don't know how my family, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. How am I going to make it? This is too deep for me. But do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you believe that you can come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? Do you believe that I will be the one in your life that will get under the cross with you and help yeah. you carry yeah. what you're carrying? Do you believe that I'm that person? Yeah. This is what separates the Christ follower from the churchgoer. Yeah. 
I've seen too many people who have spent years in church. And when their cross comes, all of a sudden, God, what you do? Why did you do this to me? I said, do you know that there's also a devil? Why, you, why don't you shake your fist at him? Why do you want to blame? Why do you want to get mad at God? You need him right now more than ever. Job's wife was so angry when the cross came, she was really upset. She said, Job, why don't you curse God and die? He's not doing nothing for you. Job said, though he slay me. Yet will I trust. Now, let me try to get back to this. Jesus will give you a personal invitation to follow Jesus, to follow him. Verse, uh, uh, let's see, this is, I think, Matthew. And it says, verse, uh, wow, I didn't put it down here. But anyway, I'm going to do a Joel Osteen, just tell you what it says. It says, a rich young ruler came to Jesus. And he said, teacher, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Anybody know that story? You remember that story? This is so good. He says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? You know why this is good? Because the rich young ruler had everything that he could ever want. But he didn't have life. He was getting older. His looks were starting to fade. His popularity has gone down. He sees death in his view. He says, man, I might have money, but I can't live forever. This is the only thing he doesn't have going for him. With all the money and all the plastic surgery that Michael Jackson had done, guess what? Couldn't save his life. He's famous around the world. More money than he could ever spend. But he couldn't save his life. So the rich young ruler comes, he says, tell me what I have to do so that I can keep living. So that I can live forever. Jesus goes down the list with him, and he says, I've kept the law, given to the poor, you know, I've never hurt anybody. I'm, I'm a good guy. And that's what people will tell you about salvation all the time. Somebody say it out loud. I'm a good person. Why do I need Jesus? I'm a good person. And that's what the young ruler was saying. I'm a good person. Jesus said, let me see how good you really are. I want you to sell everything you have. Take up your cross, he says right there, and follow me. And he says, wait a minute, I have to check in with my accountant. I'll be, I'll be right back. <laughs> he says, man, if you, if you pull out of this deal right now, you're going to lose so much money. And it says he went away sad because he had so much money. And he didn't want to put Jesus first because he didn't believe that if he put Jesus first, that he would still come out on top. See, that's what people believe. You know what? <laughs> Y'all don't know. This is a little older crowd. But uh, <laughs> there's a young lady on the, on the loom. Some of y'all might, might have seen the, the Grammy Awards named Cardi B. 
She has the most vulgar, vulgar, vulgar music I've ever heard. And I listen because I want to know what young people are doing, what they're thinking, what the, what's getting inside of their spirit. So I listen. This girl has a fashion line. She was a cover of Vogue magazine. She won the Grammy. She won every American music, but she won all the awards. But yet, when I read her story, she said that she suffers from depression. She had postpartum depression so bad that after she had her baby, she couldn't go out to work for a year. She says, my, my big thing is depression. I wonder why. I wonder why. So there's, there's a lot of things that look like success, but they're really failure. That's why he says, man, listen, you think if you hold on to your life yeah. that you're going to make it that way? He says, no, you need Jesus. I don't care what you think you have. You need Jesus. He says to uh, another, another guy, he says, then a man came to Jesus. He says, uh, uh, um, Matthew, this is, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to, um, Matthew, let's see. Uh, hallelujah. Y'all pray for me. Another invitation. Another man comes to Jesus. And Jesus is giving his spiel. Take up your cross, follow me. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I want to follow you. And I will follow you just as soon as. Say just as soon as. I bury my father. Now his father wasn't sick. He was saying, after my father dies, I'm going to spend the rest of my life, my life following you. Jesus, I'm going to start going to church just as soon as. Jesus, I, I, I'm going to really, really start praying and studying this word just as soon as. Jesus said, no, let the dead bury the dead. You need to follow me now. It's really interesting to me that, and of course, you know, I can't, can't leave what I'm doing right now. And, and, and people are saying, well, you know what? This sounds kind of cruel that he would say, you know, take up your cross and follow me. Make me first in your life. And if you don't, you're going to lose your life. But if you do, you're going to find your life. A lot of people didn't like that. But you know what he was doing? He was thinning the crowd. He was like, because he knew that his words were going to offend certain people. And every once in a while in a church body, believe it or not, a pastor will get up and he'll preach a message. To people. You know, he preached that message and people left the church. Good. Wonderful. He's thinning that crowd to those who are church goers from those who are Christ followers. Because in this day and age, going to church I'm telling you, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you for you to do your religious duty. 
and come and sing praise songs and, you know, walk out of here. Oh, I feel so refreshed. I just heard the word and I'm just, oh, I'm just on a cloud nine. The worship, the music was so wonderful. And, you know, they preached this sweet little message about how I'm going to be rich and how I'm going to be well and how, you know, everything's going to be beautiful. Oh, I feel so good. Church is not going to help you unless at some point in your church life you decide that you are going to become a Christ follower. It was a guy sitting, sitting at a tax collector stand. Most hated man in the city because he was stealing money from the Jews, making them pay exorbitant taxes. He was very, very successful, but his life was a failure. You know what Jesus said to him? He said, hey, tax collector, Matthew 27, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mark 2.14. And he passed by Levi, the son of Alphaeus, that's Matthew. And he was sitting at a tax booth and he said to him, follow me. And you know what he did? He got up. And he followed. And you know what he, why he followed? Because he was losing his life. He had money, but he was losing his life. He was dying inside. Ha have you ever felt like you were dying inside? Like your life was like just a ball of nothing? that you've been living 40 years, 20 years, 60 years, whatever, and like, is this all it is? Just trouble and worry and being upset and being lack and is this it? That's not living. You can't find real life apart from Christ. Hallelujah. What is the cross? What, what does a cross really represent? A cross is a place of judgment and shame. A cross is a place of pain and suffering. Whether it's his cross or your cross, a cross is still a place of judgment, it's still a place of shame, it's a place of pain, it's a place of sickness. So why would a loving God tell me to pick up my cross, why would he put a cross on me? I thought he went to the cross for me. So if he went to the cross for me, why is he telling me that I got to go to the cross too? That's what, that's what it sounds like to me. What is that about? Why would he want me to go to a place of shame, a place of sickness, a place of pain, a place of judgment? Why me? Has anybody ever said that? Why me, Lord? Why not you? Here's what that's about. Whew, here's what that's about. Hallelujah. When you take up your cross and you take up whatever you're going through, whether it's a messed up marriage, whether it's a, somebody has trying to rip off your inheritance, you're losing your house, you haven't worked in a year, you don't know how, whether you're going to be in one of those little pup tents on the side of the street. We don't know. Life is shaky. We don't know. 
matter what's happening. But whatever the cross is that comes into your life, the cross allows you to know Jesus in a deeper way. When we carry a cross, you not only be a reader of the word, you at some point, when the cross gets heavy enough, you'll become a doer of the word. When you carry a cross, when things get difficult in your life, and you have a faith that you're going to get a parking spot, Oh, yeah. Lord, hallelujah, yeah. when I get to the mall today, yeah. would you just open up the, the Jordan River and just give me a parking spot? Yeah. Yeah. But when you're carrying that cross, you're going to believe, God, God, oh, please, God, please let this word work. Please, God, because if you don't do this, I'm going down. Yeah. It, it's going to be over if you don't rescue me, if you don't help me. So what's happening to your faith? It's growing. It's getting deeper. I was trying to tell you, Charles and I got some news from our family that was so bizarre because this poor little generation, stuff is going on with them that never went on with us. So I'm like, what? You know, look at Google that. What is that? What are they talking about that they're doing this and that and the other and God can't help? So we're like sitting in our bed, okay, and we've got a, you know, the bed with the back that goes up, you know, adjustable. We sat all the way up, got all our books and Bibles up and our Google and everything, trying to figure out. And we said, you know what, Charles, guess what? We got to go deeper. The faith that we have right now is not strong enough to even know how to pray over this. So, okay, we got to fast then. We're not eating this week. We had to fast. We had to look at videos of ministries that would encourage us. We had to get into the word. We had to memorize the scriptures and say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of who shall I be afraid? When the wicked came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell and the hosts and came. If If that's not in you, don't run around looking for your Bible. Because you won't even be able to find it when you're in a crisis. I'm telling you. Like, where is that scripture? Put it in you. Because there's going to be a time where you're going to carry something in your life. And if you decide you're going to carry that and follow Jesus as you carry it, you better have some word in you. You better have some word in you. Not available to you in you because everything that you're going through if the word is in you it's going to be filtered through what you believe it's going to be filtered through what you believe and one of the things that i pray for my husband and i is that in every family crisis that we face that they will see us standing on the word they will not see us Getting to the place, okay, I tried to pray for you. Now I'm going to cuss you out. Have you ever been? Bet- I know you all are nice people. You don't go to those places where, you know, no, don't. You don't like, you know, one minute, you know, you're praying. The next minute, pow, I'm sock you in your face. But that's, 
That's the struggle. That's the human struggle that we go through. And it takes the God's word that keeps us literally from murdering somebody. Because, you know, you, you want to kill at some point. And, they say, and the neighbors come out to the newscast and say, oh, he was such a nice guy. I would have never dreamed that he would have cut her into 29 pieces and then, you know, killed the dog too. Oh, he killed the dog. Oh, I can't believe it. So you need that. You need something on the inside of you that has nothing to do with being a churchgoer. It has to do with being a Christ follower. Paul said, finally, I'm closed, because I know that y'all have had enough of me for one day. Paul said in Philippians 3.10, he says, that I may know him in the power of his, in the power of his, resurrec- in the, in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and being made conformed unto his death. He says, the only way I'm really going to know him is to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Until you suffer, you don't really know God. Until you carry a cross, and you don't know where your next meal is coming from, where you're going to live, whether your wife is going to stay with you, whether your grandchildren are going to be arrested, you don't know if they're going to die. You don't know, you know what I'm saying? If they're going to have a sex change operation. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. This world has lost its entire mind. Yeah. You're scared that if you get the coronavirus, you don't have insurance. What am I going to do? There are all kinds of things. Paul says, that's okay. But once you know him yeah. and the fellowship of your suffering, yeah. you can get through it. Long ago, a farmer was growing a crop. And he went out in the field to shoo the birds away so that they wouldn't eat up the seed. He couldn't, he said, I can't spend all day. Shoo, shoo, get away from my seed, get away from my, get away from my crop. Get away, get away, get away. So he went and got a piece of wood. He got a wooden cross. And he stuck it in the middle of the field. And he put an effigy of a man hanging on that cross. And when the bird saw the cross and saw the man hanging on the cross, they didn't come near that field. And the seed was safe and the harvest was safe. Nowadays, they call it a scarecrow. But back then, they believed that the cross would cover their seed and cover their harvest. Do you have a cross in your yard? Is Jesus hanging on the cross, watching over? Is the blood of Jesus covering everything that you're dealing with, everything that you're facing? So I challenge you today. I challenge you to ask you, are are you going to keep on being a public success and a private failure? Are you going to keep coming to church? Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Like, what's what's that lady plays? uh, Huh? My dear. Hallelujah. And then go home and you're depressed the rest of the week. 
You're fighting. There are all kind of fights going on in your family, in your life. You go to work. You hate to go to work because it's like so bad. You're so disrespected. But you know what? I had a daddy that when my mama died, he would treat me real bad. He would talk to me really, really bad. And I could always measure where I was in my spiritual life by how I responded to him. Yeah. You can measure whether Christ is really the one who's helping you carry that cross by your response to stuff. Right. It's time to grow. This, yeah. this world, this yeah. world is a hot mess. Yeah. We don't know what's happening, whether the police are going to stop you and shoot you. Right. You know? And thank God for good police. Because we got them in our family, too. We got good cops in our family. Yeah. And we pray for them every day. every day. But God help us from the bad ones. Yeah. All kinds of stuff is going on. All kinds of laws are being passed. We don't even know they're being passed. Yeah. Until you find out. Father, in the name of Jesus, where's Ron? Come on up here, Ron. <laughs> today, today, on this day, God has allowed you to come through this year alive. He's allowed us to survive the coronavirus. Doesn't look like anybody starved while the virus went on. I don't see no homeless tents on the parking lot. He has kept us. We've had to go deep this year. We've had to carry a cross. And now I'm challenging you. What's it going to be after this? You're going to continue to be a churchgoer. And as long as things are going your way, you'll go to church. Are you going to be a Christ follower and be able to measure your response? Measure just your response to how you respond to Jesus, how you respond to the attacks of the enemy. Father, right now I want to pray for somebody. You're going through, can I, can I say this? You're going through hell. Hell has raised itself and affected you deeply. And you, you, you need to become a more dedicated Christ. I follow Christ, but it's not enough. I need to go deeper. If that's you, just stand up where you are right now. I, I want to go deeper. I, I, I don't want my life to be what it was before this virus hit. I got to go deeper. I see that. I worship you. I worship you. Somebody, I need to go deeper. Because you know what? Your, your children need to see you go deeper. And some of you younger people, your parents need to see you go deeper. Your parents are in fear. And you got to be that person in the family who's the steady one who's carrying their cross with dignity, with authority. You want authority over all the works of the devil? You want to see healing come? 
Jesus said, I got to, I can zap you right now. But you got to make a decision who and what is first in your life. You got to make a decision that you're willing to lose your life, lose your plan, you lose your agenda, and say, God, I'm just looking for your will. I just want his will. I don't know about you. I just want his will in my life. I don't want my life. I know what my life was like before him. I just want more of him. More. More. I don't want to be a church goer. I want to be a Christ follower. If that's you, just raise your hands right now. God, no more church going. Make me your follower. Because I know, Lord, as I follow you, that signs and wonders are going to follow me. When I pray, I'm going to see signs and wonders following my prayer. There may be somebody here right now, you, 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 you can't point to the time, the place, the day that you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. Uh, uh, I remember when I joined church. And I'm asking, we're not talking about church. We're talking about relationship. When did you ask him to come into your heart? When did you ask him to take over your arrogance? Take over your strong will. Take over my rebellion. Take over everything that's not like you. When did you ask him to save you from yourself? This can be your day. This is the 25th day of April, 2021. This can be your spiritual birthday. This is the day where I surrounded, I bowed down to someone other than myself. I bowed down to Jesus. I lose my life for you, Lord, that I might find it again. I, I want to find your purpose because I know when I follow you, I'm following you into my purpose, into your purpose for my life. I know if I follow you, Lord, that you're going to take care of my enemies. You're going to take care of my challenges. I know as I follow you, Lord, healing is going to come into my life. I know as I follow you, Lord, I'm going to be delivered from stuff that I've never been able to break free from. I know that as I follow you, Lord, you're going to touch my family. You're going to touch my marriage. You're going to touch my children. You're going to touch me. I know that you are the way maker. I know that you are the promise keeper. I know that you are the light in my salvation. Lord, everyone that surrendered to you today, we give them back to you. I pray that you would fill this sanctuary with Christ followers. And that as the church goers come, they too will become Christ followers. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give me a little bit of that rhyme. Waymaker, promise keeper, light in my darkness. God is, it's who you are. You are my waymaker, promise keeper, miracle worker. Oh, yeah, that is.
who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. You never stop working. You never stop working. That is who you are. That is who you are. Oh, that is who you are. You never stop. Oh, you just never stop. You never stop. Never stop. Never stop. You are my waymaker, promise keeper. Oh, light in the darkness. Never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. Waymaker, promise keeper. Oh, light in the darkness. Never stop, you never stop working. Never stop working. Because that is who you are. Amen. Good word from Terry today. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. You know, I look at this cross over here. It's big, isn't it? It's very big. We tried to move it ourselves, and it's, it was too difficult for one person. But guess what? Your lot may seem like too much, but the Bible says His grace is enough. And so as we close right now, Ron's going to sing that song for us. And let me pray over you. Father, thank you that as we've heard the word today, we go forth knowing that we have confidence that you're with us. You'll help us carry the cross as we follow you. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. Well, your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Oh, your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Grace is enough for me. Come on now. Great is your faithfulness, oh God. You wrestle with the sinner's restless heart. You lead us by still waters into your mercy. And nothing that will can keep us apart. So remember your people. Remember your children. Oh God, your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. Have a good Sunday, everybody.